2: And Julia show for your cloudy Thursday here on My Talk 107.1. We got a special treat for you today. We have found, uh, just like last night on TV, we found the script from our very first show some 17 years ago, and we're going to recreate that for you this afternoon.
1: Oh, Lord, I hope not.
2: No, we're not. Doing oh, that.
1: my God. Mom, not will you call in and pretend you're Susan? <laughs> you're right. Hello, no. Casey. Can you call in and pretend you're no. Fred from Fred? Yeah. Yeah, we, we really
2: subject you to that.
0: Yeah, we won't we won't <laughs> okay. do that. Well I
1: wish we had it though. It'd be funny.
0: I kind know. Of, kind it kind of would be. So when I was gone, did you guys cover
1: any of the royals or do we need to catch up?
2: Depends on what you mean by Well,
1: covered. we we didn't have a segment every single day yeah there's so much happening
0: right now it's garden season garden party season chelsea flower show many things are
1: happening
2: we did talk about the garden show
0: we did you did okay good
1: i just want to interrupt for one second and tell you something uh, random that i learned about the queen yesterday yes well because she's my next topic okay she is a trained mechanic oh yeah
0: for in world war ii Mm -hmm. that's right Mm -hmm. okay here we go moving on we I had kind of forgotten that I did know
1: that. Yeah, I I was reading yes I was reading it. Yeah, I was reading it yesterday and I thought ah I like that. All right, tell us. Uh, Laurie, so, so well,
0: she spent time yesterday learning as if she'd ever use it. French, it, you know how to use the self service checkout at a grocery store, something I've never even done, and I'm certainly not the queen of England. <laughs> Are you sure? It's, it works,
1: but if you have like lemons like or li- no. produce, you're it's you're too much work.
0: So, in honor of this British supermarket's uh, Sainsbury's, if that's how you say it, one hundred fiftieth anniversary, the Queen made her way to London's Covent Garden to visit a pop up that included a replica of the original shop, which was on Drury Lane in eighteen sixty nine. And so she she was shown how things work at the store, and she's like, "And you can't trick it, you can't cheat." She was very intrigued at the mm-hmm. self serve counter. And, you know, people getting away with bad things, but um, they can't. Yeah. They take precautions somehow. So somehow
1: they know if you have a bag and it'll, it'll drive you crazy. Um, Item, not in bag area. Mm Yeah. Item, not in bag area. No, I've never done
0: it. It's absolutely terrifies me. It's bad enough when I go to the places that you got to pack your own
2: groceries.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: Target self-serve, they have cameras. Yeah. At each red right. digital. Well, you know yeah, yeah, you
1: can't. I don't know how you would steal anything. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. someone watching, Well, too. the Queen
0: was very intrigued with that. And then <laughs> also the Duchess of Cambridge is getting some of the reviews, uh, some of the best reviews of her Duchess life because she's gone all out for the Chelsea Flower Show. And i very proud of it. And she and William wanted the garden to get maximum attention. So they brought three of their children.
1: And, we only have three.
0: Yeah, I know. Three, <laughs> I know. It seems like they're gonna have another one. And um, it was really cute. Charlotte yelled ooh la, la, when she saw the creek. Prince William called her mignette. Mignonette. Or like a it's mignonette. almost like mayonnaise. It means little yeah, like little, like yeah. a filet mignon. Yeah. Mignette. Yes. Oh. That's her little mm-hmm. nickname. And very cute. Kate was ca- called Charlotte Lottie. And of course we know Prince um uh uh, George calls himself Archie. Yeah,
1: he calls himself Archie and then the other people name their kid Archie? Yeah. What, why he,
2: does
1: he
0: calls call him himself Archie?
1: Archie. I don't know. It's just his little nickname for himself. And now he's got a, now he's a got cousin a real, who's Archie. That's right, Julia. So Would for, that make you mad if your little boy no. nicknamed himself and then someone else nicknamed him? You know
0: it? how kids are. Like they'll just come up and they want to be called this name or something. Anyway, so uh charlotte is the little the little sweet one
1: mignonette i like that i wish
0: i knew how to say it right
1: you say it right i think it sounds good
0: mignonette
2: yeah well like filet mignon so yeah mignonette yeah.
0: mignonette isn't that cute yeah it's a little mini yeah it mm-hmm. it means um sweet small delicate or cute yeah.
1: because that they also little dancers are called that don't they have little oh it, they use this in music Minuet in D.
0: That's minuet. Minuet. Yeah. That's something else. <laughs> All right. Yeah. A little Different. <laughs> it's
1: Apparently, different my things. brain is on the decline. Yeah. And
0: you know. Yeah. And Adoria, the mother-in-law to Prince Harry, she's back in L.A. Okay. Teaching yoga and therapy and whatever else she does. So, um, <laughs> it's true. She's a yoga therapist. I, that's a great title. And uh, so the Sussexes are are looking uh, for a nanny. Oh, a, a okay. Name. So uh, she she had been staying there in the weeks leading up to Megan giving yes, birth. she was. And stayed for a couple of weeks afterwards. She cooked for the family, did all this showing your daughter, you know, what to do because you're probably in a panic mode. I mean, I would think. Oh. A little bit. Well. The, with the first one.
1: You you don't panic until it happens. Yeah. And then you're like, what the heck, they're letting us take this home? Right. How do we know what to do with it? Yeah.
0: So she was there for seven weeks, but now she's home. Okay. And, you know, she lived at Frogmore Cottage and she too smelled the air and realized they did a real good job of getting rid of the mold. And, um, <laughs>
1: unbelievable.
0: And Vanity Fair has reported she's not going to move to the UK full time, but she will be a hands on, Grandma. a regular visitor.
1: Sure.
0: Okay. Because it is. Frogmore Cottage is very close to Heathrow. It's not the slog getting into London.
1: Oh, very nice. Okay. Very nice.
0: So, uh, anyway, he's you know he's flying to Rome tomorrow for a charity polo match. Just FYI, if anyone's going to be in oh. Rome tomorrow, um, and he will be going to the opening match of the ICC Cricket World Cup next week.
1: I love Megan is
0: going to need some help. I love knowing all this. Yeah, don't you?
1: I actually really kind of because Kate has been doing some. She's been working yes. during the day. She was, worked a ton while you were gone. Yes. So she's been out and about and she's like really Like I said, cute. some
0: of the bet, best Duchess reviews of her life yeah, are I happening would. right now. <laughs> <laughs> and and Laurie, surrounding herself Laurie, with her three darling honestly, children is a good idea.
1: I think it's a great idea.
0: Did she wear a lot of buttons?
1: She does love the button, but she looked pretty. Touches you know, the she looks so pretty, and the mm-hmm. kids look happy. It was kind of fun seeing them out in the garden. That little,
0: that little Prince Louis with those eyebrows—my word, they're they're bewitching. He is so cute. He really has baby eyebrows. Yeah, he does. I mean, they're strong. Yeah, baby he has got a strong bra- brow. Oh boy they're yep. just so cute anyway. they are
1: cute well thank you for the update well
0: and you know i i, I think you probably did already discuss that we got to look at duchess kate's um garden a peek inside her garden yes. which does not sound dirty at all but um it was uh a garden that she designed did you d- cover I d- that i don't
1: recall no at the not, flower not show. You know, I, no, I i'm just so. gonna say no all right fine thank you well what do you want to tell us about it
0: uh yeah, well, no, nothing. Just that, just you know that that she we got a garden. peek inside of the Duchess's garden, which just does sound a little naughty. <laughs> it does.
1: It does. It does. Well, we well, got to look at the flower. Yeah, oh, that's
0: right. Oh, Lori, oh, right. you
1: can make anything, anything. a lovely mm-hmm. garden par- party with her three children sound naughty. Thank yeah, you. I know
0: it. I know it. You are <laughs> all right. And little Princess Charlotte lady. can say, uh, "Pardon
1: ma, the G in Mignonette is silent." <laughs> Sure. Oh please. Oh please. What did you tell me today is National Turtle Day? We yeah. just want to get that out there it early. It is. I, just, I saw that. If anyone is thinking of. And did uh, you
2: know? Speaking of National Turtle Day, that Sylvester, did you see this? Sylvester Stallone has those two turtles from Rocky. That he, that he adopted. Oh wow. Well, they do he live still a long ha- time. Forty-four years old. He still has them.
1: Oh, the giant,
2: the giant the Ga- turtles. Galapagos oh, turtles, those like are like 250 years. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's oh, wild. my
1: word. I miss the Como Zoo used to have them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah.
1: All right. Listen, when we come back. Turtles our, are funny little things.
0: They are. Mm-hmm. When we come back, it's our story. We can't get enough. out with us. Uh, Not so discombobulated today. I fully recognize it's Thursday and it is Memorial Weekend coming up. Yesterday I was just in the fog zone.
1: Really? Yeah, really. I, you're like I'm fine, but I'm, I'm like no, nah, no, really. Just, well, I can you tell. know how you want to fly in on a plane and not
0: have to take another day off and right. then you make your coworkers suffer. You did, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'll come fix that for When a we last when we last chatted, we all said we were going to watch the ABC's um, Norman Lear, Jimmy Kimmel uh, live action of All in the Family yep. and the
1: Jeffersons, mm-hmm. and. It was so good. It was... I thought it was so good. Donnie couldn't... What'd you say, Donnie?
2: I didn't care for it. I gave it a C minus. Oh, I
1: loved it. I gave it it a B plus. Yeah, I did too. And I think what was so cool for me, because we had limited information, because we were reading the information as it came in yesterday and not getting all the facts right. Yeah, we weren't exactly sure how it was taking... Right place, but... um, The Norman Lear, who's 97. I got to go help Lori with her microphone. Okay. We have to pause because she's one handed. That's all right. Yeah. really. There, I got it, Jules.
0: Okay. Okay. So I do think, uh, you know, I watched all the people that were in it talk about it first. I watched it out of order. Oh, you did? Then I watched the show. But I think the episodes that they picked, which is the one where the bunk, where we meet, um, you know, the Jeffersons are moving Moving on up. It's the one Uh, where they're
1: moving, but the but the issues that they discussed are so relevant today hey unbelievable the
0: same racist same sexist stereotypes and beliefs still 50 years later or how is it 50 years it's like 47 47 okay marissa tomei as edith was was unbelievable i I hope that her agent is fielding a lot of calls because she did get an oscar and she was transformative so good she was so good the weak link was woody harrelson as carol o'connor yeah, he didn't bug me so much. Who played Mike?
2: I don't know the actor's I name. I don't know he, that he, actor's he, name. He didn't have much to work with he, that guy. <laughs>
0: yeah, the meathead kind yeah. of a guy, but poor Woody, he kept he kept losing his accent. I know. He was yeah. trying so hard. You couldn't help but just think he's just doing a terrible impersonation of Archie Bunker. Yeah, I agree. You with didn't that. get as lost in him, but I thought It worked,
1: though. It it
0: really... And
1: and how about when we get to the Jefferson's episode and Jennifer Hudson... Things were moving on up. We have it. Let's let's listen to her because she is amazing. She she was a surprise, one of the surprise people. Julia, did you used to know all the words to the song? I did. Yeah. But I noticed, I forgot him. The original um, woman that sang, it was Jeanette Dubois. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Dubois. Dubois. Bois. <laughs> 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 wow. Jennifer, mm-hmm. she was a good
0: surprise, though. The she, audience
1: went nuts,
0: and she, she was very 70s looking. Yes, and
1: she was great. And I thought Jamie Foxx oh. was... He was funny. He was
0: so great as uh, George yeah. Jefferson. He had the mannerism, kind of that cocky bantam rooster mm-hmm. strut.
2: Yeah, that's, that is true. He was, that. He, was, he, was he was good. I, he he you that.
0: was good, and uh. he flubs uh, his first, like, like second sentence. We, we have it. We have it,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, in case you missed it, this is how you handle it if you mess up on live TV. Bunker! <laughs> I'm going to say what I got to say to my brother, and I'm going to get out. I'll gladly hold the door for you. Him, mm. ever since I was a little boy, I would always beg my mother for a little brother. But you know, we was broke. So all could we all could we all could, all, it's live. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone sitting at home just think their TV just messed up. <laughs> He's looking at her. And right. laughing. He was
1: funny.
2: And everybody was laughing. Woody Wilson turned 100% he
1: around to face the <laughs> door. <laughs>
2: all we could afford was you he's cute
0: (laughs) oh my gosh and of course then wanda sykes was playing uh louise jefferson Mm -hmm. wheezy and marla gibbs made a surprise appearance and she was uh you know
1: the uh, only original cast member left from the jeffersons yeah Yeah. Florence. That was. I just really. I enjoyed it. It it was nostalgia, and it was
0: also kind of poignant. In you think the groundbreaking writing that Norman Lear and his team of people did with the show, addressing stuff that is still relevant today. Yeah. And. um, And one of you know he just you know you can tell Jimmy Kimmel is just like in awe of him because he's like you know this guy flew over 50 missions in World War II, Norman Lear, and, you know, he's like really an he's amazing...
1: He's 97 si- and he looks
0: like he's...
2: I'm Bradley Trainer,
0: And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item.
2: A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out
1: we don't even know because age does not have a way to look anymore. I've yeah. decided. Yeah, well,
2: he doesn't look ninety-seven. No. no,
1: but he was just so he with was it in his cute little yeah. fishing hat. You know, one of the things, Lori, because we were thinking, who is this woman, Marla, um, Marla, Mrs. Willis? Right, but we kind of were thinking, is that Lenny Kravitz's mom? Yes, yes. And so it isn't. Lenny Kravitz's mom was Roxy Roker, who played Helen Willis, the, yes. the interracial couple. Yeah, yes. right, right. And um, that, On the Jefferson. Yes, and Lenny Kravitz was her only son, and she had an interracial marriage, and she was married to an NBC executive producer born to Russian Jewish immigrants, and the ex-husband of Rocky H- Roker. his name was Cy Kravitz, oh, and he was an cool. NBC pr- producer, and so... A little bit about them. I just thought it was so fascinating. Well, they were the first
0: interracial couple on television. Right. The Willises.
1: And, um, you know, um, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, Zoe Kravitz, who's in Big Little Lies and just got married, uh, like this weekend, I think. We just read about it yesterday. She said she was interviewed on Good Morning America. And she, of course, is not married, but her partner is Jason Momoa, Aquaman. And she said, when I got older, I realized, oh, that's why it was a big deal that my grandmother was married to a white man on the show. Lisa Bonet is saying this? No, um, Zoe Kravitz, Lisa Bonet's daughter, and Zenny Kravitz's daughter. And she says, I had mixed parents, so I didn't see why it was such a big deal. When I was educated about what the world was like, I was like, oh, that is a big deal from back then. Mm -hmm. It was Brave of Roxy Roker to go there I didn't think her intention was to shake things up it was actually her truth she was married to a white man mm-hmm. so I kind of thought you know that's yeah. kind of cool and well, then people
0: always forget that uh that um you know Lenny Kravitz's mom was
1: black and his was dad Helen, was white. Helen
0: yeah. Willis on the Jeffersons yeah. and people would get Florence um the maid Marla Gibbs who yeah. they would get the two characters yeah. mixed up as right. to who was who but um I don't know I thought it was I thought it was just so. Fun. I, it was I a enjoyed fun it. Special.
1: I enjoyed it when, um, and both of Lenny Kravitz's parents died. His mom died of breast cancer in like 1996 or something. And when he learned that his mom had died, how he learned it, he was staying at Rick Rubin, the music producer's house in yeah. LA, and um, he was, um, Johnny Cash and June Ca- Carter Cash were coming, or what's it, What was her wife's name? Yeah, June, June Carter Cash were coming over to Rick Rubin's house. And um, Lenny had kind of been in the hospital visiting his mom, and he was going back and forth to shower, go home to get some food. When he got to the house, the phone rang. Somebody told me your mom died. She left, and I was standing at the bottom of the stairs, obviously distraught. That's when June and John, and Johnny came in, and they just we all they hugged me because they knew I needed family. Wow. And we weren't even that close. Jeez. And he said it was just kind of a moment.
0: Hmm.
1: He was really close with his mom. Yeah. It's, yeah. w- it's worth watching if oh. it's on ABC On Demand. It I was, loved it. It
0: was really, it was, it was fun. And just if Woody could have lost whatever that Southern Carol yeah. O'Connor. Yeah, Shabunker. he started to sound like yep.
1: Foghorn
2: yep.
0: Leghorn. Oh, yeah.
1: he <laughs> really did. Um, <laughs> yeah. I-, I-, I said boy. Yeah. He- Ain't nobody else i be under. Beautiful, beautiful life right now. Beautiful, beautiful night right now, no, no, no. no. i every day in God. Tomorrow comes <laughs> and goes before you know. So I just had to let you know.
2: Unbelievable. No, Unbelievable. No, mid seventies Saturday and Sunday.
0: Okay. And you can take uh, be happy that it's cold everywhere. It's cold in California. It's cold in Las Vegas. It's cold. There on is the West a cold coast. bright spot. Yeah,
1: less mosquitoes. It's in the star. Okay, yeah. lovely. It's a Boy. cold bright spot. Yeah.
0: There you go. Okay, so, um, you know, we love everything. Uh when the, the day that she died, then Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson died, died later in the day, and. and-
1: she got no credit she for, got nothing for, dying. for dying
0: that day. And we, in fact, we did a broadcast out at the Mall of America. Yeah. A week later to remember. Yes. remember. Yeah. And ABC, they've been promoting it for a couple of weeks. And I have to say, I, I like DVR'd it like two weeks ago when oh, I saw okay. it. It's called This is Farrah Fawcett. And it's a two-hour documentary. Featuring new interviews with Alana Stewart, who is Farrah Fawcett's Best close friend, friend. Yeah. and um, the Hollywood uh, photographer who did the iconic show, uh, shoot of her in the red bathing suit, yep. Mela um, Murphy, who was a confident and hairstylist, Jacqueline Smith, all kinds of people who
1: former Charlie Angel, yeah, that buddy. haven't
0: haven't spoken um, about it because, and also it does include. Barbara Walters did a couple of different interviews when she did Intriguing People. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Ryan O'Neal um, and also with Farrah Fawcett because okay. they were partners at the time of her death.
1: Yes, they were.
0: They were together. So um, let's play a little bit. This is from Jacqueline Smith.
2: Uh, do you want the ABC thing first? Sure, yeah, let's do the ABC okay, thing we first. Go. Everybody knew that Farrah had amazing hair. It was like a wave and it was enormous and it covered her face and it went in all kinds of different directions. Oh, and every girl it. tried to get some facsimile of the Farah haircut. Oh, we
0: all did. We all did that thing, right? That, it was that wingtip deal, right?
2: That was like the haircut that conquered America. It was widely understood, even at the time Farah was going through this, that chemotherapy made you sick, and made you lose your hair.
0: When her hair was finally being lost, she had no attachment to it whatsoever. But when it first came out, she was very afraid about losing her hair. She had done everything to keep from losing it, and the last round of chemo she had, she lost her hair, and that was that was hard for her.
1: I went over as soon as possible because she was noticing something. I could tell that her hair was starting to fall out. She was starting to lose her hair. I mean, this hair is like falling out and falling out, and I'm sticking it in my pockets and I'm hiding it, and and she still had this beautiful thick head of hair, no matter how much was coming out, was so much.
2: All right, that's the first cut.
1: So this
0: was not because it's Jose Aber who gave her that hairdo.
2: Okay. The feathered yes, look. The feathered. Look. Every girl Everyone in the wanted 70s. the fair faucet. The guy yeah. who wore the the cowboy hat all yes. the time, mm-hmm. Jose Aber.
0: Oh, Jose Aber. Jose, He's yeah. the one who gave her that, but he was not her regular he was, like no who would stylist. come to the house right. or whatever. Okay. He gave her that cut and he, you know, made a huge name. He was like the first one of the first Hollywood hairstylists that we knew for doing a mane of hair. yeah, Because hers was just so glorious, it took over everything.
1: It, it did.
0: It really, And it's been 10 years, that's why ABC's doing this special. Okay, it's so been 10 years, Lori... June 25th, it's been 10 years. So
1: it's 10 years since Michael Jackson died. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. how Play tight the flies. Play next, the next one okay. from
0: GMA.
2: It was very important for Farrah to shave her own head, um, so that she was removing her hair, and cancer treatment was removing her hair. It's, Kind of like that fine line between being a victim and a victor.
1: Today she has no hair. And looks, I if I tell you, more beautiful than ever. She
2: wasn't
0: sure she wanted the camera rolling, and I convinced her to let me keep it rolling because
2: I thought it was going to be an important moment. Mm. So, so many women can relate. This is Farrah Fawcett, airs tonight at 8 Eastern, right here on ABC. And,
0: you know, she was 58 when she was diagnosed with rectal cancer. Oh. And, um, you know, did like, uh, you know, she did everything. She did yes, experimental. She did regular treatment at UCLA, but it had metastasized. And people were just shocked around her because she was like such a health nut. Yeah, yeah. basically. But, you know, cancer doesn't discriminate yeah. on yep. that kind of a thing. Yeah. It doesn't care if you're, you know, tennis jogger, you know, whatever. It it. And uh So, and, you know, people are always surprised, too, that, uh, you know, she was only on uh, Charlie's Angel the first season. Yeah, I know. I know. And then Cheryl Ladd replaced her.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, I'm reading about, and she, I, I just don't understand what happened in her marriage to Ryan O'Neill. He seems unstable to me and everything we know about, you know, Tatum O'Neill's upbringing the kids. Yeah. But their son. Well, she
0: met him when she was married to Lee Major, yes, who was so
1: handsome, the $6 million man. But yeah. he was older than she was and
0: kind of bossy is what I've read in between. And, and Ryan was just bewitching.
1: As you could see, he could be, mm-hmm. but Red Mononio, their son, yes. is um they're trying to get him stable because he has to face murder charges for his week long spree oh, um a no. couple years ago he's just had mental illness and he's not stable, and remember he robbed someone at a seven eleven and yeah. shot him that's
0: right, oh and, dear, um
1: you know, and he has other felonies related to the week long crime spree that he was on um. Wow, well, fair, so they, they're just I'm glad to see.
0: is in here to see that. I then, think that would it. be hard. That would yeah, be very hard. Yeah. So, but that, boy, Jacqueline Smith looked like a million bucks. She in the,
1: is lovely.
0: Yes, she's seventy-three years old. She's lovely, and she cool. does not have Beverly Hills face. No, she doesn't. She looked real good. Kate Jackson. She's nowhere to be seen in this uh, documentary. The heck is
1: Kate Jackson?
0: Well, I don't know. I, I don't even think we've seen Kate Jackson act in anything for a long time.
2: No, you're not a lot. For she a long she time.
0: dropped out of uh, the acting career. I don't know if she did like the Ally McGrath thing and moved to Taos, New Mexico, and
2: wasn't she in the Scarecrow and Mrs. King? Was yes, it? yes,
0: that was her. Yeah. She
1: was also she participated last year in the tribute to Erin Spelling. Oh, okay. So she um, does she
0: does show up here and there. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Right. Anyway, so if you're a fan of Farrah Fawcett, that's airing on ABC tonight, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Yep. I know. I'll. I know. Watch it.
1: He dated Warren Baby. I mean, I Kate Jackson. Yeah.
0: The these gals, they were like they were red hot in 1976. Oh, they were. Everybody. You described yourself like how you did later, years later, Sex and City. City. Which one are Are you? you, Are you um, a Kate, a Jacqueline, or um,
1: Farrah? I never did that. You didn't? No. Yeah. Who were you? You were Farah.
0: Farah. I had masses of blonde hair, Julia, and I would sleep in curlers until my grandma Fudge told me, Lori, Lori Kay, you don't need to sleep in curlers. You have to get a silk night um, bonnet to pile oh. See, your hair I in. I still
1: wish I, I can't sleep in those things, they're too uncomfortable.
0: Well, I so would crass. put it on, but it was so much. I was sleeping in rollers to get my Farrah
1: effect. Oh, Lord. you know how low <laughs> you didn't get the perm.
0: <laughs> no, no, I didn't. But I wanted those waves, and I had masses of hair. And of course, it, you know, didn't look anything like Farrah Fawcett. No, first of all, you know, the boobs okay, Farrah <laughs> didn't. Weren't there. Well, she, wasn't she wasn't huge, full. she no. was just
1: nipply. That yeah. was like our first nipple thing. And then, um, who's the other one, Christy?
0: Well, that was the best-selling poster yeah, of all time, and it's the nipples that were winking and gazing, and everyone like like that poster, guys and gals. Yeah, like women, you you felt like you could be friends with her; you didn't feel intimidated. Mm-hmm. She wasn't in a bitchy beauty.
1: No, she wasn't. Okay, okay bitchy, listen. Beauty. Oh God, I love that. <laughs> all right,
0: we come back. We're going to talk with Sean Levy. He's written an amazing book, "The Castle on Sunset," Chateau- all about the Chateau said, Get ready, get ready. We are so excited. We have uh, Sean Levy with us and he is, um, we've talked to you before. I think we had you on for your book, Paul Newman, A Life. I'm pretty sure several years (laughs) ago. And you are, oh, you're a delicious writer. Your new book, The Castle and Sunset, Life, Death, Love, Art and Scandal at Hollywood's Chateau Marmont. You totally made the walls of this whole hotel talk with your delicious research and interviews.
2: Oh, thank you so much. What a, what a what a nice way to start.
0: Oh, I mean, I'm telling you, and uh, this is Lori, and I was reading your book, Poolside, at the Bellagio, and it was kind of delicious reading about this kind of amazing hotel in Hollywood. And, you know, there I am, and staying right across from the Flamingo and sort of the intersection of how Las Vegas and Hollywood and the stories, I just was like... Just so delightful to read. What made you be interested in unraveling the Chateau Marmont?
2: Well, I always wanted to write a book about the Sunset Strip in the 60s, and I could never quite figure it out. And in 2016, I was looking for a new book subject with my editor's, and was batting that sunset strip idea around, and one of the editors just said, well, what about Chateau Marmont? And it was like uh, you know, a complete epiphany. The whole book appeared in my head in one piece. I mean, I didn't know what I would find when I did the research or what people would tell me, but I knew the shape the book would have and what place my sunset strip idea would have in it. So it was kind of like half my idea, half good fortune.
0: Well, and you know, I think the thing is that, you know, like if people think, oh, this, that could be a dry book. I, because there's an endless supply of famous people that you have stories about that you tell in cast, the castle on sunset, it's almost like the hotel in itself is this whole other character. Mm -hmm. And to me, it felt very, like I was just reading a great fictional Story, but about a real place. I mean, that's you really were making the walls talk to, talk to us when well, we read the book.
2: Thank you, thank you. It's a, it's a biography of a building. Yeah, and the building happens to be on this famous corner on a famous street. It had five or six ownership periods that represented different phases of history, and in each of those phases, it entertained famous guests. So people come and go, just like in a hotel, Gene Harlow, Roman Polanski, James Dean, uh, John Belushi. But the hotel is always there. And that was, the, that was the fun of the story that I got to tell the downstairs story, you know, the maids and the right. parking valets and the upstairs story, which is the celebrities.
1: Yeah. And one of the things about um, the Chateau Marmont that Lori and I experienced is. The first time we went there, yeah, we couldn't, figure out, we couldn't figure out how to get in. We could figure out how to get in.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and it's changed over the years. Where the restaurant is now used to be the front entrance. And you could come up from the street or the parking valet area. Now, it doesn't look like an entrance at all. But that's partly because it was built as an apartment building. It didn't have a grand driveway. And, you know, you didn't see it from blocks away and say, oh, that's where we're going. It was... Forty-three discrete units, all with their own kitchen. Obviously, since they're apartments and sitting area and bath. And when you go in there now, you have a suite. There are no regular hotel rooms. Every everyone's got a, a, a large setup. Yeah. Um, and the, that that added to the privacy. You didn't have to come through a grand lobby or have a be greeted by in a public place by someone who is parking your car you pull up in a in a garage
1: right it's it's cool so sean when you're you know researching the book because boy i'm sure this was just amazing to put together and what were the some of your surprises
2: Oh golly! The book is filled with. Yeah, well, it I is. I know
1: it. I know it yeah. is. But what ones do you yeah. think that we'd heard about before that people kind of knew about, or ones that you absolutely no one knew? This story.
2: I mean, you know, there are things in there I didn't know that John Cheever had stayed there and written an important story and written about the hotel extensively. Even Cheever scholars hadn't connected him to Chateau Marmont. I didn't know about an owner named Irwin Bretthauer who owned the hotel for more than 20 years and funded resistance to Hitler in his native Germany and funded classic cinema, and then um, became uh, a a very progressive owner of a Hollywood hotel. Chateau Marmont, I didn't know prior to writing the book, was the first showbiz hotel on the west side of, of Los Angeles to be racially integrated. So it was just filled with things like that. And then little things, you know, the guy who owned the hotel for a year and his wife wound up being uh, the, one of the chief advisors to the uh, guru uh, Rajneesh, who took over the town in Oregon. Oh,
0: yeah, oh, that, I mean, the, I the documentary. That. Yes. I re- yeah, I remember yes. that.
2: Right, right. One of that is one of the Bhagwan Rajneesh's closest confidants, was a woman whose husband owned the hotel for about a year. Oh. He moved in when they were getting a divorce. Oh my!
0: When when did it become like the the saying or whatever? You know, if if you're if you're a famous person, if you want to be seen, go to the Beverly Hills Hotel. If you don't want to be seen, stay at the Chateau Marmont. When did that reputation come into play?
2: That started very early. The, the apartment house was built in 29. It was sold and converted to a hotel in 32. And soon after that, Jean Harlow was there on a honeymoon, during which time she cheated on her husband. Wow. Um, and... You know, Billy Wilder was staying there. It got adopted by movie people pretty quick, and they realized it was different from the Beverly Hills or the Beverly Wilshire or the Ambassador Hotels. All of those were very grand and lovely places, but they were very public places with restaurants and big lobbies and long driveways, and people would see you come and go. Chateau Marmont, you came and went and nobody saw you. Right.
1: It's unbelievable. Yeah. You know what?
0: Okay. So talking about like when, when we get to the chapter in your book where you talk about everything that happened as far as John Belushi, you know, his last days or whatever, however you want to say that. But the thing I really thought was very interesting was, you know, the, 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 the Stories that you got from people about how mad and upset people were about the Wired, the book by Bob Woodward about Belushi, that people really felt. I don't know. He misrepresented how he was going, and and there was a real stain, I think, on John's memory when that book came out.
2: Right. Yeah, you know, um, Bob Woodward is a reporter, a journalistic reporter. He's not. His books aren't noted for like their poetry or their humanity or their sense of humor. So he's a a curious choice to write about, you know, for you to choose if you're the widow or brother of John Belushi. Mm -hmm. And they, in fact, approached him because he was from Wheaton, Illinois, same as the Belushi brothers. Okay. Um, And then they got an expose by the guy who wrote All the President's Men. Right. And, you know... There's no faulting the research and the journalism in his book. Yes, but it, 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 you you wonder why, why write this book at all. You have no feel for this man right. whose life you're describing. You have no feel for what was his comic genius. It's it's just a heartless book. But, yeah, you know, as I say, flawless as journalism. Yeah, right. I know. And I mean, I think,
0: too, that's why you really are passionate. I mean, you Rat Pack Confidential. You know, that was another great book that you uh, wrote. Uh, Paul Newman, A Life. I mean, that was just, uh, you know, an amazing book. And now The Castle on Sunset. It's just if you love Hollywood, Hollywood stuff. And I mean, it was so enjoyable uh, to read because you are just a hell of a storyteller with your, your oh, research. God, thank
2: you. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it helps to choose the good stories. I've been well, fortunate wait. being able to write about things that I'm passionate about.
0: How long did it take you to write The Castle on Sunset?
2: I would say from the the day the editor said to me, what about Chateau Marmont? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pardon me. Until the day he got the first draft manuscript was perhaps 16 months. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was always going to be a quick job. Some books have taken me two to three years. This one we knew was sort of like light and summer reading and, you know, kind of a beach read. And you, you don't want to labor over something like that. And I think when I've labored, I've produced the work, but they don't read quite the same way. Right, yeah.
1: Sean, you know, have you spent a lot of time then at the Chateau Marmont?
2: Not as a guest during the 80s and 90s, when I was a journalist in Los Angeles, I was there quite frequently to conduct interviews.
1: Okay, I was
2: in many of the different units, and you know, I saw the condition of it then and now. And then it was kind of a rundown place, and now it is gorgeous and opulent, and it looks like a luxury hotel of the 40s and 50s. But in those days, it didn't look like a luxury hotel. So they. They've done this wonderful sleight of hand where you think you're living in a golden age, but in fact, that golden age wasn't, didn't take place at that hotel. Yeah, yeah.
1: The it. rooms. I was just looking at the rates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it it's, starts it's, at like six fifty. Yeah, it's like he said,
2: they're yeah, yeah, all suites. And and that one's, you know, your bedroom is large enough to accommodate the bed and your legs.
1: Right. You know. <laughs> um,
2: at the bungalow where Belushi died was two fifty a night when he in nineteen eighty two when he when he passed away, and it's over six thousand a night today.
1: Wow, Jeez.
0: yeah, I um, I yeah, it's just the book is is really good, and is John Krasinski really adapting uh, the Castle on Sunset for HBO? Is that true?
2: It's not for HBO that I know of. Okay, he, he has a he has a deal at Paramount. Um, oh, so to Paramount make this- Television is a production company. Okay. We're not quite to, to uh, an announcement yet, but we're always hopeful that that John and his partners are finding the right person to to do the job. Okay. Are well, you
0: excited that's, that's, that's exciting, exciting John?
1: Yeah.
2: It it is exciting, but I don't want to okay. I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not the guy in monopoly yet looking at the yachts and trips okay, around the fine. world. All, All right, right, tell us
0: this then. What is the last great book that you read or that's on your nightstand that you're going to get to?
2: Oh, I just finished a book um, called Daisy Jones and oh, the Six. I love Largest that book. I just read it. Yes, yes, it's so great. It is. It, it's it's a, a, a fictional history of a fictional band from the 70s, and it's so lifelike that I kept looking through it for pictures of them. Because same here. I, I Googled you know, when I was I done with the book.
0: It. I'm like, this has to be a real band.
2: Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I you you know who some of the stories are about. They're really like Fleetwood Mac stories and mm-hmm. the Eagles and things like that, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. That girl did such a great job. That that woman did such a great job writing it. I say girl as a sign of affection. Yes, um, we,
0: we take it as a sign yeah. of affection. Well, Sean, it wow. was wow. Great, great, book. great to talk to you. We appreciate it. Your book is fabulous. The Castle on Sunset, Life, Death, Love, Art, and Scandal at Hollywood's Chateau Marmont. And we'll look forward to reading your next book.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I think you'll like it. Okay. Okay.
0: Thanks, Thanks, Sean. We'll be back.